Welcome to Move Out Loud, a Galden production. We've teamed up with Nike to take you, our community, on a journey of self-discovery using sport and movement as our springboard. In our second episode, I talk with Football Beyond Borders' Deborah Nelson, a football coach changing the lives of young women and girls through the power of sport and movement. Today, we'll be talking about her journey into leadership and the importance of determination in achieving success. Welcome, Deborah. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm not too bad. Really excited to speak to you today, especially, first off, I think it's fair to mention the Lionesses smashing it in the Euros and bringing it home for England officially. Did you watch it? What did you think? Yeah, I was fortunate enough to be at the final, which was an amazing experience. Like, I know one that I'll never forget. And I think, yeah, I was able to follow the journey. We took a group of girls to the semi-finals in Sheffield, which was a crazy experience. But yeah, I was really fortunate to like follow it quite closely this year, um, which was, yeah, I guess as a child, this would have been the dream. So yeah, literally living my childhood dream. Since you've been fangirling those girls, and I've officially been fangirling you. And I've just been following you online and loving everything that you've been doing for young women. It's just so inspiring. I've got to say, I really did love the Common Thread video that you did with Nike. I thought that was amazing. It was obviously seemed like it would have been really lovely for you to meet other young women doing similar things, like even across the globe. How was that? Yeah, that was another crazy experience that I think yeah I was 18 or 17 at the time and I think for me just seeing other young women doing the same pioneering trying to just change the face of the game globally was really really powerful because I feel like sometimes you get caught up and feel like you are the only one that's trying to like improve the game or you're like oh but me by myself I can't do enough So seeing other people that are trying to do the same thing is really, really empowering because it means that even if I think that I can only reach 20 girls or 30 girls, at least I know that there's other individuals that are reaching another 20 or 30 or 100. So therefore, together, we're reaching 150 girls, for example. So I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, 100%. Sometimes it can be lonely. And when you know that you've got a little entourage going on around the world, everyone trying the same thing, that's so helpful. When I was younger, anyway, at school, football was always something that just the boys played and the girls, I think we literally only had the option of like netball, I think. So I guess I'm intrigued to know how you started getting into it. Like what's some of your earliest memories? Whenever I talk about this story, I always say that I fell in love with football a bit late. It wasn't one where I would be sitting in the living room and my dad would be watching it or my mum would be watching it. So therefore I just fell in love with it. Yeah, I was quite sporty as a kid. I did ballet and dance and stuff because I was following in the footsteps of my sister. But then one day in primary school, that we just like got this new 3G pitch, like a AstroTurf that's laid with rubber balls. It's like a really nice surface to play football on. And I guess compared to concrete, it feels like an upgrade. So yeah, it felt like we were playing on the Premier League pitch. And I was like, this looks quite sick. I saw all my friends running onto this pitch to play football and I kind of want to get involved, but I'm not sure. So I started off on the sideline just watching. And then after I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go for it. And I just started playing in primary school, really at like break and lunchtime just to pass time. 
I was actually really fortunate where my primary school had a developed girls team. We entered competitions, like we played a lot of girls football in primary school. So I was like really fortunate and then really loved it in primary school. Just went out of my way to try and find a team outside of school so I could continue playing on the weekends. And then from there, I just kind of fell in love with the sport. Amazing. So, I mean, you said you fell in love with it quite late, but primary school seems quite early. So I guess sometimes you hear stories where people are like, oh yeah, from like the age of three, I knew that I was going to be kicking a ball for a long time kind of thing. Like, you know, when you have like an older sibling that already plays sport or an older cousin or something, so you're already immersed in it. I didn't have that. So that's why I say it was a little late, but really and truly it wasn't. It's never too late to fall in love with a sport, to be honest. So you're falling in love with it, you say, but what do you love the most about it? Can you sort of pinpoint it down to a couple of things? I think the thing that has kept me in love with the sport is just the community. I think there's just such a beautiful community around the game. No matter what kind of element of football you're in, if whether it's playing, coaching, being a pundit, like you're just surrounded and constantly building relationships, which is something that I really love. I think, yeah, some of the relationships that I have and hold dearest to my heart right now, are, I've made through football. That's beautiful. I can really see that in Football Beyond Borders and the concept behind that. I can really see that like, community that you're building there. I'm really eager to hear your path into coaching and working with Football Beyond Borders over the years. Can you just tell me a little bit about that? So I was actually a participant. I was the first ever girl to be on the programme with Football Beyond Borders. So yeah, I was at secondary school and Football Beyond Borders was working with the age group two years above me. And I remember going to my teacher and I was like, I want to be on this programme. Like, you have to bring this in for my year group. Like, I don't really care what what the money's saying. Like, just make it happen kind of thing. And then, yeah, they came into the school and they sat us down and they were like, so this is what the programme is. Do you want to be involved? And then I remember I was the only girl that turned up to the first session. I remember it was a bit hard because the boys weren't really willing to like pass to me. They weren't really open to me being on the pitch because they kind of felt like it was their time to be on the pitch and they wanted to have it as like a boys space and just play football. They also didn't believe that I was good enough, stuff like that. So it was a bit difficult because I constantly had to like fight to get the ball or fight to just feel a part of this community. But the coaches were really supportive. They constantly kept on encouraging me to come back week after week. I remember I was going home and I was like, mom, I'm done. Like I'm never doing this again. But then somehow I turned back up the next week. And then, yeah, I guess so. I was part of that program for three years. I really loved it. And then obviously throughout that, the coaches were amazing. I built really strong relationships with them where they were just supporting me in school, football, life, just really trying to develop me as a person and human. And then I was just built a really strong attachment to the charity and then asked if I could volunteer because they started working with a girls group three years younger than me. So I started volunteering for two years. And then when I reached uh, sixth form, I started working part time for them and I was going into other schools to help develop the girls program, which is a really big passion project of mine. So, yeah. Going back to how you were at school, obviously you're saying that you were volunteering at the same time. So how were you finding school life? Was it was it fun? Was it hard? Like what kind of student were you when you were back at school and not with Football Beyond Borders? I think I was a good kid. I think I was good at school. I was quite smart with it. So like early days, I built really strong relationships with my teachers so that like 
yeah, when I was having a little moment, we had a good relationship so that we were always able to communicate and have conversations when maybe I was in the wrong or when I felt like they were in the wrong. So early days, I'd say like year seven, year eight, all things were green. The grass was green. Couldn't have been greener. Like it was great. I really enjoyed my early days of secondary school. And then towards year nine, year 10, I experienced a breakdown in my home, which like really affected me and affected like my response to authoritative figures. So when I was going back into school, I was like quite defiant and like really struggled with authority, which then led me into like breaking down or losing some relationships with teachers, which like made it really difficult. And I also spent quite a lot of time off school due to mental health. So I felt like the latter part of my secondary years were quite difficult. With working with football being borders, I've learned so much around persistent absences and like the rates of teenage girls getting excluded compared to boys. And I've really used that to look at myself and my own journey in school. And like now I'm starting to understand at different moments how the science or the education or like, yeah, how things have started to answer to why that happened in my journey, which I think is quite interesting. So I was just saying the experiences that you had at Football Beyond Borders having such an impact on your life. Do you see similar things in your students now? Is it helping them in day to day and in football and school and everything? Yeah, I saw the impact that they had on my life. Just the relationships and the security that you find in those relationships where these adults will sit down with you for 30 minutes and literally just let you talk to them without being interrupted, without that feeling of judgment. There's just a real safety net for me I found that so useful because I was like one I struggle with authority so I don't feel too comfortable going to my teachers to have those awkward conversations and two like yeah you're using my passion to communicate with me which was football which I found was like so bizarre but now I understand it so much more like the transferable skills that you can learn on a football pitch that you can then take into your life into school yeah that's so helpful especially at that young age and when you were talking about those transferable skills that you've got from football and to take into normal life I'd love to hear a bit about what you feel like those are is there anything that you can put a finger on because it's a really lovely idea that you can bring it outside and use it to help you be a better person I suppose the ability to build relationships, the ability to like self-regulate. I think as a young person, I had like a lot of pent up anger or like sometimes I wasn't able to control my emotions. And I think football is like literally the safest place to just manage your emotions because, or sport in general, like I was always conscious that I wasn't able to show my frustration or my sadness for example but I think on the football pitch you kind of get a pass to be angry or to be sad because like you can just be like oh well I didn't get that tackle I'm or maybe you get injured and you can be upset and stuff like that so I think for me I really learned that I could like yeah regulate my emotions through football but learned how to regulate my emotions but in the safety net of football and with the safety of coaches around me, which then allowed me to go into school and understand that, yeah, sometimes I do have to regulate my emotions. I can't be angry all the time or I can't be upset all the time. Like I can be extremely happy and stuff like that. I'm sure it must be amazing to be a role model for young girls like that getting into football. I was wondering if you see some of the challenges that they're struggling with, that you've struggled with, what's your strategy in kind of empowering them, I suppose? 
one of the ones that I've recognized recently, which is like one that always hurts me the most, young girls especially being like so self-conscious about what they look like when they're playing football and being comfortable in their skin. I think that one is one that like sits close to my heart because yeah, when I was playing football, I was often the only black girl on the team was extremely tall, extremely loud and like was often really self-conscious about the image that I was portraying and how people were perceiving me. And I think, yeah, some young girls are really self-conscious about body image and how they look. Me and one of my colleagues, Salon, we've had like some really difficult conversations with young girls who are saying that they aren't eating or like because they're just really self-conscious about what they look like. And I think for me, just creating safe spaces for girls to believe that they can be comfortable in their skin and they don't have to look a specific way in order to play sport or to just be comfortable in their skin in general. Sometimes, yeah, we gain attention when we're in the cages in schools, for example, running our sessions. And boys will often come up and be like, oh, I want to play miss. Can I play or can I watch? And I always make an active effort to ask the girls on how they feel about the boys watching or being around the cage, because I know that some girls don't feel comfortable about it. And often boys might make comments around, oh, she should have scored that goal or she can't kick the ball properly. And I think those comments can be really detrimental to a girl's longevity in the sport. So for me, when boys do approach me asking those questions, I think it's really important or I find it really important that I explain to them that the journey of women's football, so they understand the knowledge, but also the understanding that their friends or their peers in their year group, the girls might not feel comfortable and explain to them why they might not feel comfortable. And I think those conversations have often always gone down really well, which I think is really, really nice because then the boys turn around and they go, oh, OK, I understand. Remember, I had a really positive conversation with one young man and he was like, that makes so much sense because sometimes I don't see all the girls taking part in our PE lessons. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And then he was like, thank you for explaining that, because now I will be conscious about the comments that I make around my female friends. And I felt for me, that was like a really powerful conversation. It's it's so hard to hear about young girls being so self-conscious and it's just sort of a story at old as time kind of thing. It just keeps coming back. There seems to be an interesting mix of toughness and gentleness that's required to coach, especially with young people making yourself still relatable and fun, but also let's get down to business. Let's put in the hard work. Let's get the results that we want and take it seriously as well. I found that with coaching that I've done with roller skating so and I've found that a bit of a struggle to try and be fun like kind of good cop bad cop all in one do you find that hard or is everyone in the same headspace what how have you found that I've always found that really difficult as well yeah especially being a young person and the charity being based in schools I feel like it was always a difficult journey for me because when I was volunteering for example or when I was starting to work part-time I was 18, 17. So I was actually only four years older than the young people that I was coaching. I think you have to start early and you have to show the two parts of you early because a young person will start building an understanding of who you are. And then if you randomly just are tough on them one day, they'll just be like, 
what? You weren't like this before and then your relationship is tarnished and then it's really difficult to build it up again. So I think now when I walk into a school, I'm kind of open with them. I just have that conversation. I'm like, guys, I will be bubbly Deborah, but we do have to set some boundaries and you do have to understand and we both have to show an equal level of respect for one another. And if that boundary is overstepped, I will have to switch out of bubbly Deborah and I will have to have that awkward conversation with you. And I think, yeah, I've learned that if I'm open and I have that conversation with them early, they are really receptive to it. So, yeah, I guess that's my approach and my coaching philosophy. Is that something that you say that you've had to teach yourself over time or did you have a role model that you watched their coaching style and then sort of like blended that into your own thing? I think it was a real mixture. I recognised that I needed to have a correct balance of both by myself because I was like, this isn't working. (laughs) Like they just... Yeah, young people are just like, if I come in and I have to have an awkward conversation with them, they're just not receptive because they're like, this shouldn't be coming from you kind of thing. I remember during my time at sixth form, I would like spend some time after school and I would go and just watch other project leads in their schools, in their sessions. So every Friday I would go down to a school in South London and watch a boys group. Then I would go into another school and watch a girls group. And I was just trying to learn constantly. I wasn't watching the young people. Like Obviously, I was enjoying being amongst them, but I was just focusing on the coach and how they were delivering the session and how they would approach conversations with different young people. And I think that's really how I learned or how I developed my own approach to having the balance of toughness and fun. That's that's so amazing. I can see so much like determination and motivation within you, which has obviously got you to where you are and going to take you to amazing places. And that determination is sort of like what I wanted to explore today. And I wanted to know what you thought about determination. I looked it up in the dictionary and it actually defines it as a fixed intention or resolution. I don't know whether that quite sat with me because I personally think of determination, like many things, is pretty fluid and it changes all the time. Sometimes I can feel so dead set on one goal and then you end up going in a completely different direction, but you've got the same amount of determination as you did when you started. So I just wanted to know whether you had any things that have changed like that over time or if you always felt like you had a specific goal and you've been determined to get there. Yeah, I'll be so real. That definition is so mind-boggling. I was like, oh, I don't even know if I really connect with that definition. So I guess my determination is really just born in trying to connect and build as many relationships as possible, trying to in some way, little or big, have an impact on young people's lives. And also just a personal goal of just really trying to make my family proud. I never really tried to limit myself by just being like, this is the career path that I want to go down. These are the touch points that I need to meet because then I feel like you just put an immense amount of pressure on yourself that can become really damaging. I remember I saw that when I was like going through my exams in school, for example, I was like, I or I saw it in my friends, for example, they were like, I want to get this grade. And in order to get that grade, I need to do this amount of mock test I need to hit this grade at this point and I just remember they just became kind of robots and they just like 
were just constant, constant, constant. And then if they didn't achieve it, the frustration, anger that they had for themselves and like the heartbreak that they went through, I was just like, I don't, one, want my friends to go through that. And two, I don't want that for myself. So therefore with like career aspirations and my idea of determination, it I always really try and keep it free flowing and just be like, if I achieve something sick, that's great. But if not, it's also fine. But as long as I'm constantly working to improve myself mentally, physically, then I'm happy. That's an amazing determination booster. It's been so inspiring talking to you today and hearing everything that you're working on and working towards. And I just have a couple of questions to end our session with today. Firstly, what are you doing today that you in 20 years will be thankful for? Oh, what a question. (laughs) I am working with an army of individuals that are growing and nurturing a community of young people that are going to go on and smash everything that they put their minds to. I think we are, yeah, there's an army of organisations and amazing human beings that are spending time and building relationships with young people that is allowing them to feel empowered enough to believe that they can become the next prime minister, the next Nikita Paris, the next captain of the England lionesses. Like, I think that is what I'm extremely thankful for. I can't wait to be 36 and seeing young people that I was working with 20 years ago doing amazing things in the world. So that's what I am very grateful for. And I'm also grateful for taking time to nurture myself and understand who I am and what my identity consists of. Not even in 20 years time, already thankful for. That's amazing. My next question is, uh, have you got three tips for those starting out on their sports journey? My first top tip would be, it's probably a little bit biased because obviously football is a team sport. And I would say find a community of individuals that have a passion for the same sport as you and just start building a relationship with them. I think that was how I got into playing football. It was through relationships and friendships. I think my other top tip, which is really hard to do, it's easier said than done, but forget about all the haters and just like throw yourself into it. Like just take the leap of faith and just go. And then my final top tip would be don't put any expectations on yourself because then I feel like you feel a pressure to meet a certain expectation of like performance. If you're scared about not being the best, just don't put any expectations on yourself and just go for it. And my last question is, how do you define success? Success is personal. I don't think it is one size fits all. I think success for me is really and truly just happiness. Happiness for myself, happiness for my community, the people around me. And I guess, yeah, just comfort that you've achieved something. Thank you so much. Honestly, it's been it's been so lovely to speak to you. I'm just so inspired by you. Just keep doing what you're doing. Such a great role model. And I feel like I've already learned so much from you today, just having this chat. So I really appreciate it. And just keep doing you, girl. It's 
it's working and I'm here for it. I look forward to see what's coming next. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great conversation. Check out the Galdem social channels, Galdem Zine. And don't forget, you can download the Nike app to hear from inspiring young women driving change today. Thank you so much for listening. I've been your host, Tanuke, and this is Move Out Loud. Big love.